0: Thanks again for joining me today. I'm sitting down with David Belsky. He is a 15-year recruiting industry veteran and founder of Flower Hire, an executive talent firm founded out of L.A. This has become the core recruiting firm and talent firm and building block of the cannabis industry. So I'm super excited to, you know, unpack your story how did you get to where you are today with Flower Hire, your origin story, why cannabis, why recruiting in cannabis, all of that stuff that I'm sure people are uh, trying to figure out and, and are wondering. So, David, thank you so much for sitting down. I really appreciate it.
1: Oh, I'm excited to be here.
0: So um, I'm excited that you are here because uh, cannabis is, you know, always relevant, always topical, always hot. Uh, recruiting is uh, a beast in and of itself. Starting a recruiting business is not an easy uh, feat. I know a couple of recruiters and you're always trying to find the companies and you're trying to find the candidates. So you're sort of marketing on both ends and building the business on both ends. That's not easy. Um, So walk me through your past uh, as I'm assuming in executive talent and and recruiting. And then well, actually go back before that, actually, where did you, where did you come from? And then what led you to doing what you're doing now?
1: Um, Well, I'll start, I'll start from the, from the top. Uh, Yeah, for sure. I grew grew up in Austin, Texas and a single parent household. As I was growing up, I was, you know, an, a- an athlete was good at school. And, you know, in high school, I started really, uh, you know, socializing and getting myself out there and, and kept a, a good balance of all three until my junior high school, you know, actually ended up getting caught with cannabis at my high school in Austin, Texas. And, you know, Austin, Texas in the late nineties, zero tolerance, you know, so, um, was more or less kicked out of school. Uh, actually moved to Los Angeles before my senior year to live with my dad and, uh, Still managed to get into a great college, got to Cornell, uh, played football. Um, you know, and, a, and after four years at Cornell, um, you didn't really have a lot of white collar connections in my sort of circle. So I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, I had a, had a mentor told me to get into sales and mm-hmm. um, I actually ended up moving back to Los Angeles after college and started to look for sales jobs and found one um, with a tech recruiting company that. You know, it was kind of modeled after the 80s, you know, phone on the shoulder, no computer, started off making nine fifty an hour, basically cold calling, and ended up staying with that company for 13 years hmm. uh, and, um, you know, survived the sort of great recession, if you will, of 2009. And after that was more or less running a good portion of operations for that company. And I had the chance to move around the country, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Boston, Chicago, and um helped contemporize that company in terms of being able to actually use technology to everyone's advantage you know build actually hire and onboard millennials and um i got to a point where i was successful yet unfulfilled you know um you know 13 years in i I could have kept going but i had this sort of entrepreneurial itch i wanted to scratch you know as i was entering my kind of mid-30s and and peak career and you know married and, and kids so i wasn't just looking to to jump at anything but around that sort of soul-searching time in 2016, I had a couple mentors um, in uh, California that pivoted into cannabis. And, um, you know, I was uh, I was living in Chicago, actually, at the time. And when I saw that, I, I was like, what is happening right now? And, and is this industry really about to go if, if incredibly sort of talented, successful people are, are trying to get into it right now? So I flew out there and met with them immediately um, and picked their brain on the industry, what was happening, and, and decided that, Um, there was a lane for talent in cannabis and I believed that it would be emerging. I didn't know how big it would be or, or what it would be, but I felt like I could figure it out. And uh, I was fortunate when I, you know, left kind of the, the safe place uh, that I had built over, over 13 years. um, I had an anchor, which was, I helped, had the opportunity to help ease, which is a very high flying delivery company in California, hire, you know, 40 of their first 80 employees. And, um, you know, from that sort of experience, I actually saw, you know, other entrepreneurs in in, in cannabis. They were all talking about raising capital, mm-hmm. hiring people and the challenges of hiring good people in cannabis. And that was the sort of light bulb moment where, aha, you know, I am in the right place at the right time. And so I formally started Flower Hire uh, a little over three years ago. and 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 here we are.
0: And and tell me, I guess, how frame it. Why were people having a hard time finding talent in cannabis? Was it just too new. Well,
1: well it's, there was a, there was a stigma, you know, and I I think the stigma has has actually gone away a lot across the country over the last three years. But at the time, it was it was almost like a, a disbelief that there were white collar jobs in cannabis, mm. right? That there were, you know, um, that the industry needed accountants and financial you know, minds and lawyers and marketers and and actually would be able to, to pay and attract that talent. So, um, and it was also because of that stigma, because of it being federally illegal, um, you know, there was, you know, thought that you wouldn't be able to attract world-class talent into your organization if you were in cannabis, uh, you know? And so what, a lot of the early work that I did was really try to identify the formula for what made for a successful hire in cannabis. and. Um, you know, and ease was kind of the petri dish for that. And and the formula was somebody needed to believe that they were at the forefront of a major global industry that would become $30, $40, $50 billion industry over the course of the next 10 years and, and appreciate that moment in history as a capitalist, right? Somebody also needed to have a relationship with the plant. Like it didn't have to be a, a hardcore like user but had to believe in its power as medicine as as general wellness as it shouldn't have been criminalized as it negatively affected huge portions of 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 disproportionately you know minority with incarceration um and and i believe on the right side of history right Mm -hmm. and then the third thing was you had to have some experience operating without a net meaning like early on you know, companies wanted like the Diageo operations and marketing leader, right? But if that person had never touched a startup, never experienced hyper growth, never developed the tools necessary to do like turnarounds or things like that, coming into cannabis, which was pure hyper growth in an emerging industry is just too much. So I'd look for people that maybe they had a big company pedigree, but they also had wins that meant rapid acceleration of, of growth within, within companies, especially for leadership roles, right? Um and uh, once I kind of figured out that that formula, um, you know, I started applying that formula to any search, um, whether, again, it was an operations leader, a, a, you know, a CFO, a general counsel, um, you know, a, a head of distribution uh, to be able to find kind of the right people. And what I found actually surprisingly were that there were a lot of people that wanted to believe in what they were doing again whether they worked Mm -hmm. in the tech industry before or whether they were working in an industry that was just in a a kind of a slow, steady decline. A lot of folks looked at this uh, as an opportunity to do something different, do something exciting, and also do something they could believe in. You know, they felt would make the world a better place. And that was really the refreshing thing that I learned quickly was, um, you know, for the right person in this industry, what they did for work actually aligned with what they felt made the world a better place. Um, and when you put intelligent, collaborative, entrepreneurial, creative people in a room solving complex problems, I think really amazing—you know—things can happen.
0: Uh, okay, so you have you have two you have two sides to recruiting. You have the side yeah. that where you find the companies, and then you have the side where you have to find the the candidates. Now, if you're dealing with cannabis companies, um, I, I was assuming there's not a lot of niche recruiting firms deal with cannabis companies so um i would assume that it's not as hard to fill that pipeline however on the flip side i'm sure there's a lot of candidates that don't even know you exist or it's hard to find those potential candidates that you just outlined like you outlined all those characteristics that you're looking for in a candidate that and and part of it is like somebody who wants to be more passionate or more evangelical about where they work so was was it correct that it's easier to find the companies and you had a hard time finding the candidates or walk me through like the landscape of building a a recruiting company in, in cannabis
1: well, the, well I think there's there's challenges. there are challenges actually on both sides of the of the funnel, and I'll, and I'll talk through that. I think that Fl- flower hire's niche is really we're the only company of cannabis focusing on strategic six figure cannabis jobs that only does cannabis, right? Mm-hmm. Um we don't do hourly workers. We don't have a business that is in another industry that we're trying to apply infrastructure to this emerging industry. So we're beholden to some other revenue stream. We're trying to create value in the lane that we're that we're operating in, right? So I think that's given us flexibility to really build something the right way for this industry. Um, but on the client side, um, you, you correctly identified both sides of the funnel, right? Because at the end of the day, both sides of the funnel are our clients. Companies mm-hmm. are the pay for our services. Candidates are the one that we help make life decisions of if this is the right industry for you. On the company side, I think I just timed the market a little early, like into 2017. There weren't a lot of companies that had capital that were really in in growth mode yet. I think that it took until about Q2 of 2018 for, you know, the kind of the, the peak of the, the, the kind of boom and the, the Canadian mm-hmm. financial markets to really start taking shape and for investment space to come into the plant touching world in mass. Right, so um, at first it was finding companies that had the capital to not only afford talent but also afford uh, you know, a premium service to find that talent, right? Um, so in that kind of gap period, um, late 2017, early 2018, we did a lot of work with ancillary companies, ancillary technology companies like Ease technically at that point was an ancillary technology company, um, because they just got funding first, it was easier for a traditional VC to invest in a tech company in emerging industry versus investing in a dispensary operator. Right. Um, But that ended up normalizing it by the middle of 2018. And we've seen kind of client side demand grow at very steady since for the last, you know, two plus years Um, on the candidate side, there was never a lack of interest in cannabis, but interest did not equate to that person being the right fit for cannabis. Mm -hmm. Right. So a lot of what we do at Flower Hire that's specific to cannabis is we put a premium on the education, talking to cannabis about what it's like to work in the industry, like the good parts, again, talented, creative people solving complex problems, doing something they believe in, with the realities of it. it it's The industry doesn't stop. It is a 24-7 industry. You're probably going to make less money. you know, If you're looking for stability, this isn't the place for you. And talking about why that is, And as well as educating on the specific companies that we're working with that are trying to fill jobs, what they do, what their business models are. So, um, you know, filtering through candidate side interest in a more uh, prescriptive way um, was the challenge. Um, But there was never a lack of people interested in the industry, you know, Mm -hmm. fortunately, right. Um, And at at the same time, you know, that, that didn't mean that they had the right experience to pull from for the space. So, um, you know, the, the filtering process is really kind of the the real heavy lifting and kind of the proprietary, you know, secret sauce IP, if you will, around how we were able to take and synthesize the company's requirements. And often they didn't have a written job description and really help them define what they were looking for, yeah. take it back to the candidate filtering process and show them like one, two, three people that, they could they could hire one of them because they're actually good for what they're looking for, right? Um,
0: Why did you ever choose to start this business, man? This seems like an absolute, it seems very tough. It seems uh, like a very, very tough business to be successful at, at yeah. long-term.
1: Well, part, part of me in my previous life, you know, supporting, you know, fast-growing uh, technology companies with engineering and executive placement, um, it just got to a point where, it was kind of thankless, you know, it Mm -hmm. was definitely something you could do well and and it'd be lucrative, but you know, I didn't necessarily, I liked going into work for the people that I worked with, but I didn't necessarily like what I was doing. Right. And recruiting is a very kind of, uh, you know, it's a very block and tackle thing. It's not a sexy business right now. It could be a a, a high margin business. It could be a, a very successful business. Um, but uh, and and if done well, it's it's definitely done intelligently, thoughtfully and, and, and more kind of scientifically. But the science of, of a third party recruiting firm is is block and tackle and consistency. Right. So I looked at this industry as something like I believe that the cannabis industry needed the right people in it to be successful. I believe that the people that I was going to be able to put into this industry were going to be mavericks and pioneers defining what their skill set was going to be in this world like how an hr leader in cannabis actually could do their job well how a financial controller in this in, in cannabis would actually do their job well so putting people into this industry that understood like the opportunity not only for the industry as a whole but opportunity for themselves personally to bring value to a company in, in a way that never been done before and really set that stage was something that was really compelling uh, for mm-hmm. me um, you know, despite the, you know, despite the risk, you know, and I, and I took a bet on myself that, you know, I, 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 I could work, I would work hard. There was no doubt there. And then I could, I could figure it out. Um, and uh, so I, just, I put all my chips into it and needed to make it happen, you know? Yeah.
0: Um, And, and it's obviously, it's obviously paid off. And, and now uh, the industry has evolved to some extent compared to and contrasted to when you first started. Oh, yeah. So, like let's 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 look at the industry then, and let's look at the industry now, and how has that affected your business?
1: Well, I mean, I think you we uh, can look at it in a, in a bunch of different ways. I think, um, um, obviously, uh, for a while the 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 sort of bubble in the Canadian financial markets. Drove a lot of buzz and interest and capital, not only in Canada, but also in the US markets. Right. Um, And, you know, that led to a lot of investment dollars, similar to what you see in emerging industries, where there's not really a good thesis for how that dollar is going to unlock value. It's just we got to get our money in because this is going to be big. Right. So, um, you know, in 2018, um, specifically on the West Coast, what I saw were that companies were raising capital that had like experienced entrepreneurs that had wins in other industries that were marrying themselves and their experience with people of cannabis that knew how to make high-quality products, and they're getting money at high valuations. And investors weren't asking about how they were gonna run a profitable business. They're just saying, Go build your brand, go build mm-hmm. infrastructure. And what happened? in in uh, 2019 when the decline in the in the sort of the Canadian capital market started happening is that even for private company investors they started looking at operators in the space being like how are you going to be profitable and the switch happened overnight right so for some companies that had very lofty ambitious goals and no way to really get to profitability you know their business may never recover from that yeah, switch, right? But what it forced operators to do, which I think long-term is, has, brings a ton of uh, value to, to cannabis, is it forced operators to figure out, okay, let's not do everything. Let's focus on what we're good at and how we can actually make money and run a profitable business in cannabis, which has its own challenges. And the companies that were able to take that change in investor sentiment and figure out what they were good at are actually doing extremely well right now. Right. Um, So I also, you know, when we when I started, we're really focusing on some of the more established markets, you know, California, Oregon, you know, Colorado. Um, And what I've seen over the past year and a half is there's been almost like a a, in the U.S. at least a a balance of power shift, you know, as you know, the Massachusetts market has has gotten more traction, the recreational as Michigan and Illinois have come online. Now you see a lot more investment in, in new infrastructure and even investment dollars, not necessarily going to California, but going to other emerging markets They maybe have a more of a limited licensing scheme They might have a more of a, of a, of a, of a friendly climate in which you can actually run a profitable business, whether it's a medical or, or a, um, or a recreational market, you know? So um, I think, you know, again, the balance of power is shifted from the West coast to the east coast in um, the midwest in, in the u.s cannabis markets just in terms of if you're an investor looking for a return um mm-hmm. as well as general job growth right i mean you're looking at facilities opening up for the first time in in, in areas that you have customers as soon as you open because they never had it before and, and they'd love to have a traditional retail experience for buying their cannabis right so um just new construction, more licenses being issued alone is leading to tremendous, tremendous, I think, growth from an employment standpoint, and also, also for the industry. And that growth is happening when an industry also understands a little bit more about the boundaries for how do you maintain profitability in, in an industry as challenging as this.
0: Do you find that the industry has matured uh, to the point where it's somebody who's looking to get into the industry may not have to Worry about lack of stability, or perhaps in the having um, like you mentioned before, you're not going to have premium uh, pay scale uh, in contrast to other industries it, Has it changed and now it's just more normalized Where if somebody's going to cannabis they don't expect these things anymore
1: it, uh, I, I don't think it's uh, it's definitely not where where the rest of the world is yet there there are some some companies that are a little bit more established. You know, like your your Cresco's and your Cure Leafs and your Terracens of the world that do offer things like 401k plans and and some f- kind of fringe benefits you'd expect in other industries. But still, for the most part, you know, comp compensation is, you know, when people change jobs, well, obviously COVID is different, but when people change jobs before COVID, that you know, normal is you expect to raise. It's a tight employment market, yeah. right? That's still not necessarily happening in cannabis. Um, what is interesting now is that. A year ago, a year and a half ago, it was not possible to hire a lawyer that had cannabis experience or an accountant that had cannabis experience or a classically trained sort of CPG manufacturing or food manufacturing person that had cannabis experience. But mm-hmm. now you can So there's a lot of people that were their first mover pioneer types into the industry that are now looking for their kind of second cannabis job, if you will. And yeah. those folks are getting raises.
0: Hey everyone, Scott here. I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's show, EveryPlate. What is EveryPlate? Well, EveryPlate is pre-prepared meal kits that get shipped to your door, gives you all the ingredients you need to cook a delicious meal at home. Now you've probably seen these meal kits. They've been advertised a lot over the past year. I've started researching them when we were staying at home and ordering Uber all the time just got extremely expensive and I was kind of sick of... The restaurants in my area, I couldn't find much variety, so I started looking into uh, meal kits. Every plate is one of the only meal kits that consistently delivers quality ingredients, creative recipes with simple, easy-to-follow instructions at the lowest price point I've ever found in the market. To me, if I can find a way to save some time, not go to the grocery store, not overpay for food, and still eat delicious food every single week, that's a huge win for me. And that's what I always experience with every plate. I've gotten pub style turkey burgers. I've gotten herb buttered steak. I've gotten stir fry quesadillas. I've actually never gotten a meal that I've chosen that I really don't like, to be honest. If you've looked into these meal delivery, meal kit services, and you just found them too expensive, just hear me out. Try every plate. It comes to roughly $1.99 per meal. So, right now, what you can do for everybody who's listening to this podcast, they set up a special code, success story 199 So success story 199 If you have that code and you go to www.everyplate.com, you get you get started for just $1.99 and then you get 20% off an additional two weeks. This is not a standard offer. You have to use the code success story 199 at everyplate.com. That's $1.99 per meal. And then an additional 20% off for the next two weeks of food delivered to your house. All the ingredients with cooking instructions, pre-measured, throw it together in about 30 minutes. Check it out. You won't regret it.
1: You know, um, so I think stability, I mean, you know, I I think that um, some of the larger best named operators in the space have had the most public financial troubles right so um again i i i don't think it's necessarily still stable but maybe in the grand scheme of things and how the world of work in general is being turned upside down and there were these major kind of shifts that were happening you know with preferences towards delivery and and moving away from traditional retail maybe cannabis is comparatively more stable than other industries now for sure, you know, because you know, no one knows what the world of work uh, looks
0: no, like. No, I think I think everyone's all turned on their head right sure. now,
1: <laughs> like yeah. unemployed so at time way, high, right? So in that yeah. way, cannabis almost looks less risky because you know it's just going to get bigger because yeah. more t- more states and and, and are going to open up more and issue more licenses and more facilities are going to open up, and that's been an interesting shift. Uh, you know, COVID has been an awful thing for a lot of people, so it's not a positive thing whatsoever. But it it has. In a sense, probably been positive for the cannabis industry specifically because it was allowed to remain open, and because of that, it's now entered into a a, more of a national kind of narrative about a search for tax revenue and jobs.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, And and one one more point for somebody who is looking to get into cannabis. Actually, a few more things. This is very interesting to me because I I I want to understand somebody going to an emerging market. Fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Clary. Just go to Indeed.com slash Clary right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Clary. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by NetSuite. Now, as a business owner, I always remember when my company hits a growth spurt. It's great, but then you realize that things start to break. Things are taking with no risk at backblaze.com slash story. They set up that link for all Success Story podcast listeners. That is a no risk free trial at backblaze.com slash story. Seriously, back up your stuff. slash success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get twenty percent off is to go to joindelete.me.com/success and enter code success at checkout. j o i n d e l e t e m e .com/success. I want to thank Belay for sponsoring today's episode. They provide solutions that all of us need. They help us get back more of our time because time is the most precious resource. A lot of you listening. on whatever it is you're trying to build. That's where Belay comes in. They are the nation's largest pool of exceptional U.S.-based talent. Belay offers flexible staffing solutions to free you up. Need a virtual assistant to conquer those pesky administrative tasks or maybe an accounting professional to really keep your finances in order belay can help with all that and way more Their personalized matching process saves you the headache of hiring by finding the perfect match for your needs in as little as a week focus on what matters the most with the help from belay text success that's s-u-c-c-e-s-s to 55123 to learn more and get started not so new anymore but still What would a red flag be for somebody who wants to get into cannabis in terms of a company they should work for or not work for?
1: Uh, I think that um, in general, there's been a lot of hardworking people that have been able to pull things off in other industries they haven't been able to pull off here. So I would look and make sure that they actually have money in the bank. They're not waiting for investors because all mm. you know, oh, we have money coming in soon means we, we never get money or we get money in a year, right? Making sure they actually have licenses granted to them because the application process is not a sure thing in any state. So the first thing to kind of look at from an, as you're looking at the industry is, do they do they have the capital they need to complete their construction and build out and have some runway? And do they actually have the licenses they think they're gonna get already? And if they don't have those licenses now, um, there's a chance they may never get them, right? Um, and so it's just something to be cognizant of.
0: And once they once they get those licenses and they have the funding, okay, that's fine. Now, I want to I want to get in the industry. I want to work with a, a firm like Flower Hire. Is there is there competition? Are there other people that are cannabis specific recruiting firms? Are there yeah. is there things you should stay well, away from when you work with a recruiting firm?
1: There there definitely are. And let me just um, let me just make another point here about getting into cannabis, like as society, um, at least you know in the US and I know in Canada as well, we're very programmed to look at career ladders in a hierarchical way. I start off my career, I'm an associate, I'm an analyst, I become a supervisor or a manager, maybe become a director or a VP. That director job isn't gonna be available at my company because my boss isn't leaving, maybe I should go work somewhere else to get that director job. That's how like we're programmed to look at career. Cannabis is not yet linear. Right, mm, okay. both people with a management title and cannabis are doing like executive level responsibilities because there's just no one else there. So I think for now, my advice is if you're getting into the industry, just try to land in whatever lane you are from a skill set perspective, and believe in the next two to three to four years, the whole industry is going to normalize, and being a first mover will make up for itself and future title and responsibility. Like you can't look at this industry as I deserve a certain title. Right and I think that's a hard thing for people to uh to get their head around when they start looking at working in the space right um you' have be able to drop the ego and realize you got to whole learn a whole new bag of tricks to work in this industry, but there's a lot you'll be able to apply from what you've done before, but you're gonna be ready that you're gonna have to figure out new ways to to solve problems mm-hmm. um, and and as it relates to competitive landscape for us um you know I think there's a lot of other firms that are hardworking recruiting and staffing firms focusing on cannabis. Again, I think many of them are pivoting to more of the hourly niche. Right. Um, And, and, and because, you know, you look at, well, you need hourly workers to work at retail cultivation and processing. And a lot of those firms are doing more of like a contractor model or like a freelance or gig type worker model, which I don't think actually works really well in cannabis. I can talk more about that. Um,
0: yeah, sure. I, I, I love to hear that. because That's gig, gig economy is big too, right? That's, I didn't realize that intersected with cannabis. I didn't understand that. So,
1: well, well, if you, well, if you think about like, uh, you know, freelance, you, you know, mm. seasonal work, like for most cannabis companies, like it's hard to really, they're not, they don't have the data yet to really forecast. Okay, we're going to need to hire somebody and it will have work for them for the next 12 months, no matter what. Right. So, whether they're, they're, they have a, you know, a cult plants that are being harvested that they need people to make sellable, like trim them and put them into packaging, or they have a big production run for manufactured items, you know, like edibles, but they don't necessarily aren't consistently manufacturing, or even at the retail level when they're expecting expecting some surges during around certain holidays, or certain weekends. So, so there are some sh- firms that have set up like an hourly kind of bench workforce to to go and and for companies in space to call. Um, I personally think um, it's hard to ha- see a model where you can be profitable as a recruitment firm doing that because the level of insurance that you need to carry on those type of workers as a third party agency is much higher than if even if it was a normal manufacturing job, right? Or normal Mm -hmm. retail job. Um so what, you know, so we've stayed very focused in this in the niche of like strategic C-level positions and six-figure kind of salaried jobs. That being said, um, you know, we've we've built relationships with some of the marquee operators around the country. And there is still a huge pain point for companies as it relates to hiring hourly workers. You know, like if you're going to hire, a, uh, if we're going to open a dispensary in let's just say Detroit, Michigan, you probably need to hire 30 on the low end, maybe 50 people right off the bat. How do you, you know, and we're talking, you know, 90% of those being, you know, hourly kind of retail associate bud tender type folks. What do you do if you're a company? You, you All you can really do is post a job on Indeed, right? Yeah. What do you get when you post a job on Indeed? You get a thousand applicants right? So for most cannabis companies are somewhat understaffed in their HR and talent lane. So what ends up happening is the assistant general manager for that dispensary gets a thousand Indeed resumes. And they look at probably the first 20 or 30, open them up, look for who lives local and seems relevant on paper and starts there. There's no filtering process. So one of the things that um, Flower Hire and kind of our next journey is we're partnering up with a group that has built um kind of hr tech software platforms where we're actually going to create an intelligent matching uh software to connect people with the right jobs in cannabis because Hmm. at the end of the day people a lot of people don't know would i like being a bud tender would i like working in a cultivation would i like being a you know b2c delivery driver giving people cannabis i don't know so if we can put some ip behind that filtering and take that thousand resume response rate to a retail job and whittle it down to the best 30 that they should talk to, A, the hiring is going to be more prescriptive. B, it'll have an effect on turnover that's positive. And and C, it'll be a huge value add in terms of the efficiency of the hiring process, because at the end of the day, most of the hourly positions turn around, um, turn over, you know, two and a half, three times a year as well. So you're in this constant state of hiring for those roles, right? And there's not a lot of um insight on how to do it well right and so i think technology is the right thing to solve kind of the the hiring of hourly workers right so if i could take that kind of secret sauce learned from vetting people on this industry and explaining it and apply that with some behavioral scientists into an intelligent matching and filtering process that's that's something that we're working on um as and we're hoping to launch here by the end of the year with the largest cannabis careers event in the history of the world um after the election in the middle of november here so more coming on that but um you know <laughs> no I, I appreciate it and it's
0: also fun because every uh, literally everything you're doing is is bleeding edge it's cutting edge in the industry right like that's that's what's fun about it so you 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 launch some tech and and that's going to pave the way for like you mentioned it's truly changing the entire cannabis industry the way you 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 launch these products or this ip or whatnot
1: yeah, I mean, and it's it's exciting and I think that the the you know, we've done hundreds of placements um, in the cannabis industry over the last three years, you know, average salary into the mid 100s. We've done dozens of C-level placements across the country and that's a very kind of like white glove, hands on service, right? Um, <clears throat> But but at the same time, those are the people that are making these decisions as well internally for companies around um, how they to evolve and become more efficient. So, you know, what's really interesting as flower hire is we're connective tissue like we actually know what different operators are doing, even in the same state that don't really know what each other are doing because yeah. no one talks about it and. And because of that, even though we're started in California and I'm based in California, you know, half our team is on is is not in California and on the East Coast, but we're able to take the lessons that have been learned from how talent and the right and the type of talent is able to succeed from a strategic standpoint in companies um, and able to succeed in solving the problems of this industry and take that kind of formula and apply it to different states, you know, um, and find that kind of homegrown, you know, Massachusetts. Master- yeah. yeah. You know, person for a company in Massachusetts, just based on, you know, um, the experience, you know, out west.
0: No, no, very, very interesting. Um, I, I wanted to, I do want to ask a couple uh, like life insight questions, but before, sure. I, before I pivot, um, I just wanted to make sure with what you're working on with Flower Hire. We went over like the cannabis industry, state of the industry, evolution of the industry, like the, the the process, your story, uh, the tech that you're rolling out, future plans. Was there anything that we didn't touch on? That's that's relevant to cannabis or flower hire that you wanted to. That's like on top of mind right now. Uh,
1: I, I think we've uh, I think we've covered uh, we've covered a lot of it. You know, I, I think at the end yeah. of the day, um, you know, our goal is to continue to provide education and awareness and, and just content of what it's like to work in this industry because this industry needs to hire uh, potentially a million people in the next five or six years. That's a lot of people, right? And 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 there's not a lot there's no insight and information of what it's like to work in the industry. So we try to put on webinars that you know talk about different roles in the industry. And and you know, we're gonna be launching our quote, website careersandcannabis.com, which will be an education and, and content destination where you can actually see what type of job in cannabis you would enjoy and would be right for mm-hmm. you. Right. Um so that so that's coming. So we aim to just bring, you know, I guess we're trying to find what is professional cannabis and really and own that lane, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's not professional tech, it's not professional beverage, it's professional cannabis. It, you know, the era of taking pictures of purple nugs, you know, is it's great for some audience, some customers, but it's not for the majority of what is our currently customers, right? And so, how do you blend like some stale corporate, you know, career recruitment? You know, vision with the legacy cannabis and find that like modern contemporary workforce for cannabis. We're trying to to kind of solve and bring value to bringing more clarity in that lane um, as as
0: as this as this industry evolves, uh, I think it's very important that we you know that that you that you do have like thought leaders and and groups that provide that insight and education because It's a little bit more than just a career in, for example, like AI or a career in uh, robotics. It's because there's not only a new opportunity and a new industry that's evolving, but you're also fighting stigma at the same time, right? AI doesn't really have much of a stigma, except maybe perhaps like self-driving cars and ethics and stuff like that. But outside of that, it's not have the same type of stigma that cannabis has, that you have to sort of overcome. And I've spoken to other people that have cannabis stigmas, and a lot of it is about education, or not cannabis stigma, excuse me. People that run companies that are trying to combat stigma in in their industry in cannabis, and it's all about education. That's yeah. really what it's all about.
1: And there's um, also there's something to be said about if you're going to work in this industry, it, no matter how successful you've been and what your wins are and how intelligent you are, you're going to meet somebody that went to jail for this plant, lost their life savings because of the plant, and you got to be able to bend the knee and appreciate that person, you yeah. know. And and yeah. And uh, and and because of that, it, it's such a it's such a different. Um, workplace than almost anything else in terms of like how complex it really is Um, Mm -hmm. as a industry. It's really an industry of industries. Right. And there's nothing quite like it.
0: Yeah. No, very well said. Okay. Um, Some, some rapid fire uh, insight questions just to, because your, your experience and what you sort of overcome as an entrepreneur Um, building out, building out flower hire, what was your largest challenge and how did you overcome it?
1: I think it was just dealing with um, the idea that as soon as I started, this was actually two weeks after I, the birth of my fourth child oh. and being able to like, you know, I ended up moving up my family across the country to start a business in a brand new emerging industry that was still stigmatized. And so that was a big life adjustment and upheaval um, and just being able to, you know, continue to stay sane during that time period in order to make sure that, the work that I was being, that was being done early, it was really gonna be something I could grow off of. Um, that was a big, that was a big challenge. Um, the other thing is like, this industry is so quirky and complex and, and, and hard just to operate in, um, whether mm-hmm. you pay way too much taxes, whether the state is, states are challenging to deal with, whether you, the sophistication of different people you're dealing with from the supply chain and the retail side just isn't quite there, that, um, you know, when you're working and partnering with entrepreneurs and executives that are actually running companies, like just understanding how challenging their world is and being able to like, like be that sounding board for them and, and actually bring value to where they're at. Like that's been both the challenge and the biggest reward and something that I wasn't finding in the, in, in sort of the tech industry is just once you're a service provider, this industry that actually follows through with what you say you're going to do and is a value add, like the level of camaraderie you have with your clients from actually being able to help them Hmm. um, is uh, it's, it's, it's special. And it really is consultative. And, and, and by being consultative, the fact that, you know, we charge a premium fee for our service, companies are happy to pay it. Right. And it just, it took some time to really understand how this one was different. Like I was able to take like very kind of formulaic best practices of how to do recruiting learned over years and, and and be able to then figure how to marry that with the realities of this industry. And in this industry, I was like, I just don't want to waste my fucking client's time. The yeah. hardest job that mankind has ever conceived is being the CEO of a cannabis company right now. I want to give them what they actually need. And yeah. and, um, and it wasn't about throwing things against the wall. It was really about being prescriptive about not only the diagnosis, but the fit proposition.
0: Very, very smart um, and well done. Um, what Where do you go to learn and stay on top of Cannabis, the industry trends.
1: Well, uh, I'm you know fortunate that I have a team of of now uh, eleven people um, that is talking to people in this industry all the time, and so just from word of mouth, we we do really get some interesting insights um, and and intel on what's actually happening behind the scenes. Um, You know, that being said, I subscribe to probably a dozen different you know newsletters and and things of that nature, Um, and I listen to you know, you know, podcasts like this, but where they feature different entrepreneurs in the space just to hear their story. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, whether it's, you know, thinking outside the butt or investing in cannabis, but um, you know, I, you have to stay informed, right? Part of what I do for my team is I create an environment and a, and a platform in one of our, you know, we'll call it our Slack channel um, even though we use Telegram because I like it better, um, <laughs> where we just constantly share information and news that we're learning about the market because I think it's important for everybody here to really be an expert because because people we're talking to, especially on the candidate side, like they look at us as experts anyway. We have to, we have to know our stuff, right? Um, so it's just something you have to stay on top of. And I think that also ties back to if you're working in this industry, you can't rely on anyone else to teach you this industry, you got to go out there and find it, figure it out yourself, read the regs, you know, for whatever state you're in to really understand it. You know, um, so we try to live that sort of, uh, sort of need for education internally, for sure.
0: Um, in the world of cannabis, what's, what's new that people may not know about that you're researching or that you're interested in right now? Um, Uh,
1: I think that, um, people may not know like how quickly, how different these different states are. Like as an example, in like a Michigan, there's 500 retail stores in Illinois, there's still only like 90 and they're both recreational markets that opened up around the same time. Like they're, mm-hmm. they're, every state has its own little quirks and little differences mm-hmm. and nuances. And I think that um, that's, obviously challenging if you're a larger multi-state operator to be able to figure that out, but also realize that what's going on in your state is going to be completely different than the state next door. If there's cannabis activity, right. In terms of how the regulatory landscape is shaped up. And that's, you know, you think that like states would learn from other states and what they've done and what worked and what hasn't worked, but it's not, it's just not, the. it's not the case. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it um, it's a patchwork quilt of things that often make no sense. And, um, you know, yeah, no it's just it just it is
0: what it is man it is what it is that's yeah. just the way so it's it, again brings it back to like the constant learning
1: yeah, yeah. And covering that root that truth on the ground in different markets is is really what we what we put a focus on
0: um somebody wants to get into uh into cannabis uh you mentioned a few things what would be the main thing that you would want to tell them
1: to i take tell it's it. Away? is not just a job it's it's you really it's really gonna if you're the right person for cannabis because it's gonna be work that you love doing and it's never gonna cease it's gonna change the relationship you have with other things in your life with your your family your friends you know and it's gonna change you know kind of the balance that you found um and Mm -hmm. i be be prepared for that and i think also you be prepared to constantly have to pivot and even if you're a experienced executive level person, you're gonna have to be massively tactical and massively strategic at the same mm-hmm. time. Right. There's often there's just no one else to get the things done that you know needs to get done. And so some people excel in that. And the goal is obviously to build out infrastructure and personnel and teams and and move move up, right? But but when you when you join and really to learn this industry effectively, you have to be tactical. You have to really understand what the whole experience is like in the eyes of your customers, of your employees, what it's like to work at a grow. Like you really have to immerse yourself so you can really understand how to apply your experience and your instincts to the space.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and as an entrepreneur um, and, and a career long, uh, you know, you, career long professional, a lesson that you tell yourself, tell your younger self, excuse me, after you've gone through career and now entrepreneurship, building your own business, switching industries, what would you tell your younger self? Uh,
1: I I I'd say when the when it's the hardest, that means the most success is right around the corner. You know, just have faith and keep going. You know, mm-hmm. um, and because I think that, I think that's very true. You know, I think that you know if you're looking at the career ladder, when you're struggling the most, whether it's from a stress or whether it's from an uncertainty or whether it's some real challenges as a business person or running a business, getting through that. And getting the other side of that gives you immense confidence, perspective, and ultimately, the the whatever you know level of success that you've never achieved before. You know, is being mm-hmm. able to constantly you know go through adversity, um, and that's how you learn. That's how you grow. That's how you evolve. And that's what you know kind of separates, I think, a lot of people that are successful um, as entre- entrepreneurs versus versus not.
0: Yeah. No, I I like that. It's a a good lesson. Um, And uh, the last question, and then I'll get some um, some socials and websites from you. Um, What does success mean to you?
1: I mean, success, our goal is to be the number one talent platform for the cannabis industry. You know, I I like to think that um, there's a unique generational opportunity to do so right now. Um, I'd like Flower Hire to be, you know, a fixture, an institution of the of the space you know, in, in perpetuity, you know, I, you know, I ideally wouldn't, won't be running it in 10 years, but I'd like for it to be around and, and be, be a big part of the, the overall story of this, the space and, um and help to build, you know, a, a sort of conscious and relevant cannabis industry early, getting the right folks involved and, and making sure that the, the operators that are going to, you know, have the right assets and and have the right attitude are going to get the right people on board to to succeed and drive this industry forward.
0: And and for you, for you personally, what a success uh, look like in terms of your end product, your fulfillment in in life and career.
1: I mean, it, you know at this point, um, I've been on um, we'll just say a, a fairly transactional hamster wheel for you know, the last, you know, 16 plus years of my life and, you know, five, 10 years, I'd like to just focus on being, you know, more strategic and controlling my time more, you know, and mm-hmm. enjoying that kind of the teenage years of my kids, you know, that, that's, yeah. kind of, that's, that's the goal. Right. Um, but, um, but every, every day um, you know, it gets closer to that goal. Right. Um, and um, that's what I think that's what we're all kind of working towards yeah. in a sense too.
0: The freedom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh most important question. People want to go check out flower hire, people want to connect with you social, uh, all the websites, socials, all that.
1: So uh flowerhire.com is very simple. There's lots of different forms for getting in touch on flowerhire.com. If you go to flowerhire.com slash blog, there's a lot of the content that we've put out there, articles, interviews. Um I think that you can go to YouTube and look for sunset session. It's a, a series that we do with our partners with uh, at Razzle where we put on you know video interviews of you know entrepreneurs in the space. Um, you know you can follow Flower Hire on Instagram. it's at Flower Hire. Um, you can follow our posts on, on LinkedIn um, and if you want to get in touch with me personally, David at flowerhire.com.
0: actionable insights. Right now you can get NetSuite's popular KPI checklist for free to help improve your business. It's designed to help you boost performance across key areas of your business. Go to netsuite.com slash scottclary to download the checklist and see how one complete system can transform your growth. That's netsuite.com slash scottclary. Get more control in your business with no risk at backblaze.com/story they set up that link for all success story podcast listeners that is a no risk free trial at backblaze.com/story seriously back up your stuff slash success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get twenty percent off is to go to joindelete.me.com/success and enter code success at checkout. J O I N D E L E T E M E dot com/success. I want to thank Belay for sponsoring today's episode. They provide solutions that all of us need. They help us get back more of our time because time is the most precious resource. A lot of you listening. On whatever it is you're trying to build that's where belay comes in they are the nation's largest pool of exceptional us-based talent belay offers flexible staffing solutions to free you up need a virtual assistant to conquer those pesky administrative tasks, or maybe an accounting professional to really keep your finances in order. Belay can help with all that and way more. The personalized matching process saves you the headache of hiring by finding the perfect match for your needs in as little as a week. Focus on what matters the most with the help from Belay. Text SUCCESS, that's S-U-C-C-E-S-S to 55123 to learn more and get started.